Thanks for tuning in. We've got 35 minutes of NBA hoops to continue to talk. We're going to do so for the next 10 or 12 minutes with a guy who's going to talk about projective and projected NBA players. Uh, they had the NBA draft combine out in Chicago this week. Jonathan Gavoni, the founder of DraftExpress.com, number one source for scouting information, all top prospects in the world outside the NBA. That would be collegiately here and uh, across the globe as well. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Draft Express. Good enough to hop aboard for a couple of minutes with us. Jonathan, Jody McDonald, Kenny Berger here. How you doing, bud? Doing great, Jody and Ken. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Uh, Jonathan, are you still in Chicago or is everybody packed up and left town? Everybody's left town except for the, the players. They're doing all kinds of um, media stuff for the NBA photo sessions. They're doing uh, a medical testing, and I think they're leaving tomorrow. So in your couple of days there, give us a couple of the most interesting things you learned. I mean, you know these players inside out already before you even get to Chicago, but there might have been a couple of tidbits or so. Let us, uh, let us in on that if you could. Well, the... Um... For me, the interviews are the most interesting part of the combine, just getting to sit down face-to-face with the players and just getting to know them better, to me, is, is really interesting. I, I think that a big part of whether these guys are going to make it or not depends on you know their character, uh, their work ethic. Um, obviously, fit is important and, and talent is important, too, but these guys are all really talented and and I think the guys that that really kind of exceed where they're drafted are the ones that that, that have that character. And, and so it was fun getting to know them and also getting to kind of pick their brain on what teams are meeting with them and what kind of questions are being asked of them. I think that sheds some insight into, you know, where, you know, how, what teams might be looking to move up or down. And, and it's, there's always a lot of interesting stuff to come out of the combine. It's, it's a great couple of days. Jonathan, much like with the NFL draft, not all players created equal, not all go to the combine equal, and not all participate equal. Some choose not to participate. Uh, any surprises there out of the guys who said, well, no, I'm not going to do the dog and pony show. I'm going to let my body of work kind of speak for itself. It's unusual that the top three prospects this year, Wiggins, Embiid, and Jabari Parker, all decided not to even show up. That's something that you know, one guy here or there might have done it, but never three. And that's something that the NBA is definitely going to have to address because this is an important event for them and for the top three guys to not even show up and not do any media um, and, and not the, the physicals, interviews with teams. I, I don't think that that sits right with them. So I think they're looking into that. I've talked to some league officials there, and they said that that's definitely going to be high up on their agenda of things to fix for the future. So... Um, and in terms of guys not playing, to me that that really doesn't bother me personally. I, I don't feel like the on-court sessions, the drills, is that insightful. It's nice to see who who is in shape and and who isn't, but beyond that, I don't think that there's a lot to glean from you know the the skills portion of the on-court stuff. Well, in terms of how to fix it, and I think you're right, I think they have to address this somehow because you have the whole league there, all the executives and scouts and and media there, and for the top three guys not to be there uh, is troubling. But what what about the format did either those players or their agents not like, or what, what about the format could be changed that maybe would be more beneficial to the teams who are there trying to get some information about these guys? 
I think what's different about this year's draft is that the lottery is being held after the combine as opposed to before. So the agents of these top prospects don't really know who's going to jump up into those top three spots. And that they're concerned that they're going to lose some control if there's a, te- a couple of teams there, you know, in the top three that they don't want their clients going to. And, and by preventing them from going to the combine, they control the, the medical, the physical, um, which is the most important part of one of the most important parts of the decision-making process, especially for a guy like Joel Embiid, who the biggest concern about him is his back. He sat out the last part of the season, and if he can't hold up physically, you know, with all the work that he's going to have to do inside the paint, uh, he's not worth a top three pick. So now their agents have the ability to control who gets that information. And, you know, if, if a team that jumps up to the top three, if they don't like them, they're just not going to send them their way, and there's no way of them getting that, that, that medical information now. Johnson and Gaboni, DraftExpress.com, our guest here on Ion Basketball. All right, a uh, couple of things. I watched some of it on ESPN, read your stuff, read Kenny's stuff. A couple of guys who seem to, through either their interviews and or the drills that they went through, seem to uh, cement themselves as potential lottery picks. Noel Vonley, Aaron Gordon, and Zach Levin, who I'll start there. He might be the most debatable guy, interesting guy in the draft because – Highly regarded, coming out of high school, goes to UCLA, plays kind of disparaging minutes there. Doesn't always get a chance. Uh, plays, let's just say, inconsistently. But then he shows off great skills and the like. For as little that he played at UCLA and as good as he looked this week, where is the uh, Jonathan O'Meter on a guy like Levin right now? Well, Levine is the type of guy that the combine is made for. You know, I mean, someone who is just a freak athlete who just glides up and down the floor, that's an unbelievable shooter, you know, kind of by himself in a gym. He's the type of guy that stands out in that setting. You know, I mean, if you think about, he's to me, one NBA GM called him the EGN Leon of the, of the guard prospects. You know, you put him amongst a bunch of cones and he's going to look unbelievable, you know, but if you're in a five on five setting, it's going to take him some time. You know, he's not really ready. I mean, he played 25 minutes a game at UCLA. So I don't really agree with the sentiment that he didn't have an ability to show where he's at. I mean, he was also, uh, you know, at his position at UCLA, they had Jordan Adams, who was a very productive player. Uh, you know, Kyle Anderson, um, you know, he, he tends to think that he's a point guard, which I don't, you know, I mean, it's hard to, to see that. I mean, there are some, there's a lot of moments at UCLA where he had to play point guard because um, there was one game where Adams and Anderson were suspended. And when they were off the floor, it didn't really look that way. So this combine was fantastic for him. It was a perfect format to him to get up and down the floor and just show off how amazing of an athlete he is. And, and how good of a shooter he can be, um, you know, but how it translates to the NBA setting. And I think teams have to be careful about that because, you know, these drills, that's not actual basketball. And there's been a lot of guys to go through this combine in the last few years that look incredible, but then you put them on the court and it doesn't really translate. So um, that's why this thing can be really misleading. We're lucky enough to have Jonathan Gavoni with us, the excellent NBA draft expert from Draft Express. And you make a great point, Jonathan, about uh, 
running playing basketball with cones versus versus playing basketball with people. I think I'm going to go out there next year. In fact, this is my goal for the combine. I'm going to do the drills next year because I can run fast as heck around cones, but I, I can't shoot my way out of a paper bag. But um, I'm going to I'm going to try it next year. I'm going to see if I can maybe I can at least out bench press a couple of these guys in in the combine. But um, we look we're looking at your at your uh, mock draft, your latest one out of Chicago. And, every, you know, pretty much everybody has the first three guys, the three guys who didn't show up. Do, in your mind, is there kind of a, I don't know, they, I hate to use the word sleeper, it's kind of cliched, but a, but a guy who for whatever reason is probably not going to be a top five, six pick, but you think will kind of outplay his draft status at some point in his NBA career? There are a number of guys. I think the one that's that's going to be really interesting for me to see is Nurkic. He's uh, he's a six eleven Bosnian center. He draws some comparisons to Demarcus Cousins for a variety of reasons, and um, he's someone that you know a lot. Some of the other outlets peg him as like a late mid late first rounder, early second rounder. We've gone in the top ten. I'm really interested to see where he goes. Uh, because I think, you know, 6'11 guys who are skilled and can move and have long arms and, and a good feel for the game, and he's only 19 years old, he absolutely dominated the Adriatic League this year. Probably something like 28 points and 14 rebounds per 40 minutes, which is just unprecedented for a 19-year-old at that level of competition. Um, he's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, how uh, how he how, where he goes in the draft first off and then and then how things translate that's going to be a really good one to look at. Kenny asked you who's the guy who's the surprise upside? Who's the guy who you think's got way too much downside that uh, other people like him? Other people are talking him up, and you just see more holes than answers, and you think on draft night could slip and might not even slip enough just because you don't like his game on the next level. Well, I think James Young is going to get drafted really high, but um, you know potentially in the lottery. But I'm just not sure about him at the NBA level. I know that teams like the fact that he's the youngest player in the draft. He measures six foot seven. He he has a seven foot wingspan. Um, you know he's got perfect form on his jumper. Everything looks great. You know, um, but for some reason it just it just didn't really add up. Um, at Kentucky this year. He kind of turned it on late in the NCAA tournament and he performed well, but his numbers are not very impressive um, on the whole, and um, I'm a little bit skeptical about him personally. Interesting. Jonathan uh, Gavoni from Draft Express with us on CBS Sports Radio. Um, does a great job chronicling every aspect of the uh, NBA draft and all the prospects and everything else. Um, Jonathan, what... Um, what do you make of the fact that we touched on this earlier? The NBA trade deadline isn't really what it used to be. The NBA trade deadline happens really on draft night now, in my opinion. Does that make your job any harder? Do you like the fact that the draft is kind of, you know, gets muddled up with all these trades now? Because I think there's going to be more than ever. Uh, I mean, at heart, I'm an, I'm a, an NBA geek. I mean, I, I love trades I think is one of the most fascinating parts of the business so when things start getting shuffled around and you know the whole my whole mock draft just gets blown to smithereens <laughs> I love it you know I mean, I mean like there's nothing better than that 
And I really hope that we have a very active, um, you know, NBA draft night where it's just there's lots of picks being moved here and there. And, you know, it's going to mess up things, but who cares? I mean, honestly, the the mock draft is just one of the things that we do, and, and it doesn't really play a huge role to me. I mean, it's where our, a lot of our traffic comes from, but, I mean, for me, our, our heart of what the website is evaluating players and just following their career. And um, so let's really hope that tons of trades happen, and especially in the lottery. That's That would be fantastic. Jonathan, last thing uh, for me. It'll be a team-specific question that will lend itself to an overall uh, stance. The 76ers have not one, not two, not three, not four, five second-round picks in the draft. They could have two first-round picks, their own, and possibly even the Pelicans. Seven picks in one draft. Nobody can use seven picks in one draft. But my question for you is, is it a good year to have five second-round picks? Is a second-round pick still a viable chip in trades and the like? Judging by the depth in this draft, we were just we just finished the NFL draft, and everyone said the deepest draft in five, six, seven years. How do you look at the depth of this draft and the strength of the second round? I think this is going to be a really strong draft. Uh, a lot of players entered that kind of surprised people. Pretty much all the fifty-fifty guys decided to enter the draft, which really created a great deal of depth and I think there's going to be a lot of very talented players to go in the second round. I also think this is one of the strongest drafts I've seen in a while in terms of international players and having a second round pick kind of gives you that flexibility to draft a player, you know, even someone really, really young, leave him overseas for, you know, for, for a year or two, let somebody else develop him and then bring him over and when the time is right. Um, you know, we, we saw that happening with Serge Ibaka, we saw that happening with Asia Stoyakovich. I mean, there's there's a lot of examples of guys that didn't come over right away, Andre Kirilenko. So um, I think that, you know, Philly, um, having those five-second rounders makes it really interesting. And uh, for sure, they're going to trade some of them. They're going to try to get future second rounders. They're going to use it to facilitate deals. They have a lot of salary caps. So and we just the question before was about trades, and I think a lot of those trades are going to go through Philadelphia. So um, it's going to be really interesting to follow. Sam Hankey's got to come out from behind the curtain. Nobody ever sees him. He never makes himself available, but he's going to have to be available come draft night. John, great stuff. Check him out at uh, draftexpress.com. Follow him on Twitter at draftexpress. One of the best in getting you info leading up to the draft. Jonathan Gaboni. Jonathan, thanks for hopping on with us. We'll touch base when we get closer to the draft. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Jonathan. Our pleasure. Jonathan Gavoni here with us on Ion Basketball. We've got 20-some-odd minutes left. It's all you. Get aboard our phone lines. We'll take calls on the playoffs, on the draft, on the coaching carousel. Wherever you want to query, we'll go there with you. 855-212-4CBS. Get with us on Ion Basketball.